out of the mouths of children, a reminder of God's calling for us this morning. Um, we've heard that verse many times throughout this past year, and it continues to uh, challenge us. I, I, I honestly believe it continues to challenge me. So this morning, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 as we continue in this series, 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll be starting with the 13th verse today um, and kind of finishing out the chapter. But we've been, uh, as we've just begun last week, this series, and we're kind of picking out um, some of the high points and some of the, the very challenging passages for us in, in 1 Peter. And just for some continued context, uh, for those that may have missed us last week, and uh, whether online or here, uh, Peter is writing to some Christians, to specifically five churches throughout Asia Minor, uh, some challenging words. These are Christians who are being persecuted by the Roman Emperor Nero, who to say the least, a not very liked guy. He's quite, we would consider, evil in many ways. He, he sought uh, pleasure in the destruction of people, and even in Rome. He's, and so Peter here is trying to remind his readers that there is hope. Not in hope in just a political thing or, or in good feelings, but there is hope that is only found in Christ Jesus. But he's also giving them the idea throughout this, this letter over and over, and remember this is a letter to be read over and over amongst the people. It's, it's, it's one deemed for the entire church that this world is not your home. That you're just passing through. You're, you're a sojourner. You're an alien uh, in this world, this world is not your home. And because it's not your home, Peter says God is calling us to be different. That we should have different values, different passions, different uses of our time, and different uses of our money and other resources that we would be different as parents, that we would be different as husbands and wives, different as employees in the way that we work, and that the, every difference would be a result of our faith shining through our life. And here's the key, even in the midst of trials, tribulations, and difficult times. So we continue this morning to look at chapter 1, and Peter prods us a little further in our understanding of what that difference looks like. First Peter, starting with verse 13. Therefore, now remember, anytime we see that word therefore, we need to ask, what's that therefore? That it's a, it's a pulling in of what Peter has just said about Jesus' salvation is the only salvation. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. 
Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on me, call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. So in case you didn't catch it, there is a higher calling. That God is calling us to be different. And what that means is that if we're going to be different, we have to begin to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare uh, and control and, and set our mind and our heart and our hope on Christ. The problem, though, for many in our culture, and I'll even say it, the problem for many in our church, many believers in, in this world today, is, is that we, while are trying to be faithful, are more trying to fit in. That we want to look like everyone else. We want to belong to the world and, and to fit in. But the thing is, God never called us to fit in. He, he called us to stand out. To, to be a light in the midst of a dark world. He never said that we're to blend in to the things of this world. Instead, He continually tells us to not conform to the patterns of this world. Why would we want to be what the world would consider normal anyway? I want you to think about that. I mean, have you looked around and seen what the world considers normal? Normal is brokenness. Normal is bondage. Normal is fear. Normal is debt. Normal is divorce. Normal is tension. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is not liking a job, but always in fighting depression. That's what normal is in our world. Why in the world would we want to be considered normal? We, wouldn't want, we shouldn't want to do anything that was normal because normal is broken. It doesn't work. Instead, we're called to set our hearts and our minds to something more than just the normal. Because God has called us not to blend in, but He's called us to be different from this world, to set ourselves apart, and so we're going to break that down and what that looks like this morning. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Now remember, he's writing to believers. And he says that there was a time when, when you didn't know any better. When you hadn't learned yet. You, you hadn't been transformed and encountered Jesus in your life. But now. 
you do know. You know better. And it's time for us as the church to get off the fence. It's time for us to reorient our lives to the very will of God. Why? Because just as He who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now understand, this is not an idealistic just suggestion. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. It is an expectation of God for you and me. Now notice this text does not say, be happy in all you do because I'm happy, you're called to be happy. Nowhere does it say that. So many people in today uh, and around us in our culture, you know, they want to believe that God's highest calling is their happiness. But the problem is, is that happiness is based on happenings. It's based on circumstances. And sometimes they don't make us happy. Sometimes happenings may be unhappy, but, but there's something greater, something that is out there for us that, that involves a joy that, that can only come from a deep and abiding relationship through Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand this this morning. Your happiness is not your highest calling. God's holiness is a higher priority than your happiness. We really need to hear this, and, and I'd say we even need to really feel it deep down. We need to start understanding that God's highest calling for us is not our individual happiness. His calling for us is His holiness. And as a result, He's called us to be set apart. The problem with this theology of happiness that the world adheres to is that it constantly empowers us to personal justification. That we think, well, if God wants me to be happy, then, you know, we can feel like justifying whatever we want to do. If it makes me happy, I can just do it. The problem is, though, that when we begin to do that, things that otherwise we understand to be sinful or at least very unwise, we begin to do. Because all of a sudden, in the moment, it makes me happy. So therefore, it must be good. And when we believe above all else that God wants us happy, suddenly discomfort and delay and risk and inconvenience couldn't possibly be God's will. And so suddenly, without even knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. And we begin to live into the lie that those things will make us feel better and solve all issues because we bought into that lie that God is supposed to make me happy. But the reality, and what Scripture tells us, 
is that God does not exist to serve us. That we exist to serve and be in relationship with God. And He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. Now this word holy, understand it, it's from this Greek word hagios. And it carries with this meaning of being set apart to sacred use. So when God calls us and tells us to be holy, it's this understanding that our lives are to be set apart and not profane. Understand, this, this word profane is, is not a word we, we think of profanity. Well, what is profanity? It's taking what was meant to be, no, to be right. And it's an intentionality and distorting it. That our lives were intended to be holy. To be in relationship and reflecting God. But instead, we've profaned it. We've taken what, what is intended and we've kind of, well not kind of, we've full on desecrated it. Sin has a way of doing that. And so when God calls us to be holy, it's this understanding we're to be who he's called us to be. And so when Peter states, do not conform to the patterns of this world, he's calling us to represent who God is and who God has created us to be. The very image bearers of himself. If we're not any different from the world, then it's time to do a heart check because at that point, the church just becomes a social club. If we're going to exhibit a godly difference in our world, in our lives, at some point, we need to be different. Parents, grandparents, all of us, understand this. If you're not any different in any way from the world around you, how in the world can we expect our children to see the value in following Christ. If you're not different in how you live, how can we expect our children to have any tolerance for being set apart and being different? God is calling us to be different in everything that we do, to be holy in all that we do. And the bottom line is that we should be seeking to live out God's standards that are pleasing to Him not just trying to emulate the world around us. And that's why I like in how the New Living Translation puts verse 14. It, it, it puts it a little differently. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't slip back. I like that. Think about it. You don't, you, while you can slip into trouble, you don't slip into righteousness. People try to say, well, I fell into sin. Oops. Anybody say, I fell into holiness. I, I, I didn't mean to, but I'm holy now. Look at me. Woke up. I just got up and holiness caught up with me. And now I'm perfect. Watch me. Doesn't happen that way. 
Because we have an enemy who will try to cause us to slip, to trip, to fall. It's not an accident. You need to understand that the enemy is subtle. He's sneaky. He's real. He's the father of lies. His mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And because he's sneaky, he's subtle in what he does. He doesn't come up to you just with outright repulsive things and that, that are going to kick you back. No, he entices you. He entices me with subtle things. It's the very same thing that he did in the Garden of Eden when he asks Adam and Eve, did God really say, don't eat of that fruit on that tree? Did God really say, don't do that? Did God really say he doesn't want you to be happy this moment? It's one of the greatest, most deceiving questions that continues to be taken take people off the standard of holiness today even in the church and it can come across in a lot of different ways usually involves our rationalization of of what we're of our drifting well you know i i may do this but have you seen the other guy i'm way better than the other guy I, I may kind of do this, and I know it's not really what I'm called to do, but, but I don't do that. God never called us to compare ourselves to others. God called us to compare ourselves to himself, to imitate him. We don't come... any other way we have to set ourselves against him in his holiness we have to be intentional again we don't fall into holiness it comes through intentionality as we set our hearts and minds on God's holiness in everything that we do so every day we we as we pray and as we study God's word We have to ask the question, and we need to begin to ask the question, what is the area that God wants me to be different? Now understand, it's going to change. It's going to have different areas at different times in our lives. And what my area that I need to be working on may be different and probably is different than the area that you're working on. But God has one standard, and that's himself. And that's where we compare And so this is where we get intentional in aligning our lives with Christ. We don't just come to church and listen and go, woohoo, good pastor, good job, and we go out and we just do whatever we want to do. We're called not just to be hearers of the word, we're supposed to be doers of the word. We're letting God's spirit speak to us, to convict us, to show us and to lead us into the Holy Spirit as he conforms our lives to Christ not to this world. So what is the area that God wants you to be different? What is the area that God wants me to be different? First Peter, verse 18 through 21, 
Peter says to these hurting Christians, For you know that it was not with the perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so that your faith and hope are in God. Please understand, holy living is not the path to knowing Christ. We can't be good enough to do it on our own. But knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. Suddenly, when we know Christ, it's not about, well, I I have to do this and I don't get to do that. And I wish I could do that, but, you know, no. What happens is that our hearts begin to change. Things take a new priority, a new view. And instead, it's, I don't want to do anything that displeases God. I want to have a life that brings glory to God. I don't care what everybody else thinks or what everything else is doing. I don't care if it's different how I live my life. I don't care if they criticize because He has not called me to be them. He's called me unto Himself. And because of what He did for me, I'm different. Not ashamed to confess that I'm different because of who He is. And this is the key. I'm not just talking about outward behavioral modification. What I'm talking about is an inward spiritual transformation. What I'm talking about is is it's not, hey, I don't say any bad words anymore, so I must be holy. What it is, is it says, I've been changed from the inside. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I have a new heart. I may not be perfect yet, but God continues to work on me. And I continue to align my life with Him. And my heart is different. It's not that I'm trying to be holy. It's What it is, is the fruit of the Spirit is developing in me. Because daily, I continue to seek Him. In His presence. In His holiness. And I'm not just trying to do those things, but from the inside, the Spirit is conforming me. And because I'm becoming more like Christ, not naturally, but because of His power, I'm starting to live a life worthy of the calling that God has set apart for me. You see, it's my prayer that God would continue to do that. I will fully testify that I have not fully achieved where I need to be. That God is still working on me daily. But it's my prayer that the Spirit of God will continue to do what I cannot do. And that is that He will show you also any area of your life that is displeasing to Him. And not out of obligation should I just try harder, but out of an inward transformation that I would conform my life to God's higher calling. 
that we need to be changed from the inside out. That we need to recognize that holy living is not just a pathway to knowing Christ, but knowing Christ is this pathway to living holy. And so with everything in us, each day I pick up my cross and I follow Him. And with everything I do, I seek Him. And I ask Him to change my heart, to change my mind, and to conform it to Him. That in everything I do, I would bring glory to God the Father. In everything that I do, I would bring glory to the Father. Whether people are watching or not. This morning I'm going to ask Lenny just to come up and play for me. Maybe God is calling you to something different today. That God is changing your path. That God has been putting something on your heart and you've kind of been resisting. What is it that you need to do differently today? And so as Lenny plays, I'm just going to offer this. I'm not going to pressure anybody. But is there something you need to lay at the altar before God? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's just your heart. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Heavenly Father, Holy God, You've called us to more than just taking up space in this beautiful creation of Yours. You've called us to more than just looking like everything else that's been distorted confused by sin. And Lord, we've failed You. I've failed You at times. And for that, I'm sorry. And I ask for Your forgiveness. Lord, You've called us to live a life that is reflective of You that is holy. 
Not because it's the easy thing, but it's because it's the only thing that will draw us into you. That as we get to know you more and more each day, God, help us to be different. Help us to set aside the patterns that we've conformed in this world to. And instead, to conform ourselves to you. Help us daily to ask the question of what, God, you need us to work on. May we set our hearts and our minds on those things. That we would better reflect your love. Back to you. And God, as we do that, may others see you in us. And may we have the courage and the presence of your Holy Spirit to be able to offer the hope that we have that only is found in you. Not because we're any better than anybody else, but just simply because we recognize you for who you are. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy of our lives. And so we offer those to you today. Send us out as your church, Lord. Send us out into this city and in this county and this community as people set apart for you in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. And you are dismissed. Have a blessed day.